Parenting teens is hard. Parenting teens in crisis is even harder, and we live in a culture that is really good at hiding. You know, we keep these struggles tucked in real tight around us, and so when something happens in our families that's tough and maybe even a little embarrassing, we feel like we're all alone. I promise you that you're not alone. But you definitely need a place where you can be a part of honest conversations that give a voice to the challenges you're facing. A place that normalizes the hard that we have to walk through with our teenagers. So I'm inviting you to join us on this path towards healing, where we'll discuss topics that drive out shame and teach us how to navigate the emotions and uncertainty that come with parenting a teenager facing the juvenile court system. This twice-monthly podcast is presented by Pathways to Hope Network, and we strive to do all of that while honoring the unyielding love a mother has for her child. Welcome back. Today we are continuing our conversation on how you can use journaling and prayer to help you find some peace during this season of hard with your teen. We started our conversation with Leaf in episode 34 and today we are diving into how journaling has been a benefit to Leaf personally as well as what holds people back from the practice of journaling and a great reminder on the most important thing you can do when the storms of life start rolling in. Our conversation picks up right where we left off, so here we go. Okay, so what results have you seen either in your own life or in the lives of people that you've worked with as a result of journaling or prayer? Yeah, this idea of of self-awareness. You know, being a religious person, in my journals, I'm journaling to God. And so it, it it's very transparent and vulnerable, like I said, because he knows already. So right. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, I'm journaling something. Well, this isn't really because that kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. But in doing that, you know, I, I hear back from him better that way. So I will say like, for instance, I probably wouldn't write this in my journal this because I probably would deal with it faster and quicker. But say I was upset with my wife or one of my kids. I mean, that would happen, but I probably wouldn't journal about it right. just because I would probably deal with it. But say I'm talking about something, I'm, I'm upset with my wife and I'm writing, God, you know, she, she did this, she did that. And then the thought comes into my mind, well, why does that make you upset? Mm-hmm. And then I start saying, well, it makes me upset because da, 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 da. Well, why is that? And I found that it's like pulling, you know, these layers mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. and this more self-awareness of the anger or the frustration or again the sadness the depression whatever emotion i'm experiencing that's just the tip of the iceberg and isn't like we only see 10 percent of an iceberg right yeah. the other 90 percent is below the surface right so journaling helps me to understand the 90 yeah. percent of what's really going on there that's good and i usually come down you know finally get to those layers and so i think it helps me to become a more emotionally intelligent person meaning I'm self-aware of what's going on in my heart rather than just I'm angry. Right. You know? Yeah. Which I think is a really healthy place to be. Yeah. Uh, for everybody. I think so too. And I think tying that back to self-compassion and self-care, it's like that inner awareness of I'm honoring myself by knowing how this is truly affecting me yeah, because I'm willing to look at it 
I'm honoring myself yes. in that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it, it kind of, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I think that's similar to yeah. put on your oxygen mask first and then you can take care of your kid next to you. Right. You know, you can't really be there for other people if you aren't there for yourself first. <sighs> right. But that's really hard because then we feel guilty. Right. It's you know, so, I, just, I don't know. It is so, so hard. Yeah. It is so hard to do that. And I think especially when you have a child in crisis when I'm meeting with moms, whether we're sitting over coffee or we're going for a walk and we're talking, I mean, I can feel the energy in them, just this sense of urgency mm-hmm. that's in them, this this heaviness that they're carrying around and this urgency. And, and they want to wait until their child is better before they even think about themselves because like that seems to be the most important thing forget even just how could i go get a massage but like how can i go out to dinner with a girlfriend Mm. when he's struggling in this really big way and it seems like it's not taking what's going on with them seriously almost Mm. they they feel like if i put my own oxygen mask on first Right. then that means I care more about myself than I care about my child. That's the mm. interpretation our yeah. brain does, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, no, if you don't give yourself air to breathe first, right. your child has no chance yeah. of getting what they need. Yeah. And so it is, it's like this counterintuitive way of thinking. And when we begin to start to pour back into ourselves and take care of the most basic things, not even like big things, but just honoring ourselves, our struggle, recognizing Mm -hmm. that that what we're going through is hard, Mm -hmm. accepting and validating. Yeah. I was going to say being okay. Yeah. The, 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 the shame that comes with it, the, the pain that comes with it, our inability to find the answers, you know, like just, Creating space to be able to do that for yourself yeah. makes you okay. Yeah, that's a that's another uh, advantage of a journal mm-hmm. because a, a journal. I, I think in our culture, we we're so on the go. We don't we don't give ourselves a chance to grieve. Right. You know, we don't give our chance to embrace. Yeah. The the pain, and a journal is a place that we actually stop and we deal with it. We acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah. In a way, we almost embrace it. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I lost my father to cancer when I was 19. And one of the journals that I found like a month or two ago yeah. was um, like nine days after he died. And so I'm this 19-year-old kid. kid. And uh, I'm sitting there reading through this. And it was like reading somebody else's journal. But the just the, the raw emotions and feelings and thoughts that I, I shared, even in, in that, I thought, man, I don't know if I shared that with anybody else, you know, what was going on yeah. in me. Uh, but I needed to just camp there right. for a while. Right. And the journal allows us, at least it's one way, it allows us just to camp out mm-hmm. and feel those emotions, acknowledge them, validate you know, even if we know that it's not okay or healthy maybe to stay there for a long time, mm-hmm. how are you ever going to be healed of it if you don't first come to grips with it and say, this hurts, Yeah. you know, or this, 
this makes me mad or whatever, yeah. because that's kind of the first step toward starting to work through the pain. Yeah. So journal is a great way yeah. for me to yeah. be able to share and just kind of acknowledge, man, you know, something's going on here and I need to write about it. Yeah. I was thinking about that this morning. I send out for, um, well, I think you're a subscriber on, uh, mm-hmm. I get you, I get your <laughs> emails. The, yes. Yeah. I send out the hope notes on, um, or my wonderful sister sends them out for me mm-hmm. on Mondays. And I was working on one this morning and I was thinking about how, if you're facing disaster, right? If you're, if there's a tornado warning, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You go down into the cellar, you go down into the basement. Mm-hmm. If there's an earthquake, you go into a doorway, you know, you get under a table. If there's a hurricane, you stay away from windows, you go into a closet. When there's a disaster, nobody's trying to be out there figuring out why is there a disaster happening and what do I do about it? Mm. You retreat to your foundation, Mm -hmm. you retreat to a solid place, and you wait it out. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a similar idea for us when we're going through struggles and we're having a hard time. Like we have to create opportunities where we are pulling ourselves away from the storm Mm. and we're creating a safe space for us to be able to wait it out. Right. Because sometimes it feels like a storm going on inside of us. You know those moments when you're just like, I am not well right right now. Like my mind won't stop turning over and over again. And so learning to use those cues as this would be a great time for me to take out my journal, Mm, you know, to like hunker down and take cover and sit with just what I'm feeling and experiencing in this moment and wait for this storm that's inside me right now to pass Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really good okay so let's talk about the fact that journaling is not some new idea you hear it out there a lot about the benefits of journaling right i know that my listeners have definitely heard me talk about it before i post about it on my social media i even give journal prompts because i just Mm. i encourage it so much why think, do you think people aren't aren't already doing it? Well, I think it can be intimidating. Yeah. Um, by the way, I appreciate that we're using the word journal because I'm a guy <laughs> and I don't have a diary. Diary, yeah. So do your diary. If, if if I was asked, you know, am I gonna write in my diary, then I would probably have never have done it. <laughs> That's showing my lack, not anyone else's. But nonetheless, I think there might be yeah, a little journal's bit. Journal's a gender neutral word. For yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. A diary is not something I've ever done. Uh, but I think that some folks are a little bit intimidated uh, by the prospect of it because they they feel, again, like there's a certain way to do it. Yeah. And there's there's really not. It's It's something that, like any other habit, though, you want to establish, it does take discipline. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I would say you probably, for starters, even if you don't really have anything to write, um, just go ahead and take five minutes and jot down things. You, know, you can even, sometimes I've just written, I don't want to be writing here today. Uh, I got a really busy day. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, da, 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 so I'll, I'll get you tomorrow. Yeah. And I, like I'm talking to somebody. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing is I actually am talking like there's somebody there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it is God, but then I'm talking to myself too. Mm-hmm. A lot of my journal entries is me just talking to myself. Yeah, yeah. And so it, again, it just makes it very, 
there's no there's no pressure there's no i mean is anybody probably ever going to read this probably not yeah you know the truth so it's really just for me right and i'm the only person that has ever gone back and read anything anything here so i think for that it's just don't put pressure on yourself don't be intimidated by it Uh, i think also in our culture today uh, the average attention span is mm. with you know social media we watch reels we do tiktoks we do all these things and so to actually sit down and discipline yourself to like write yeah for five minutes even yep maybe something just doesn't feel right i think right? you are a hundred percent on yeah, yeah i think that that's a huge part of it it's, yeah. it does have something to do with the attention span and so let's yeah. talk about that for just a moment I think that you have a similar practice that I do, mm-hmm. which is I do it first thing in the morning. So it's part of my morning routine. Like I wake up, um, I'd like to say I don't look at my phone first, but I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> I usually look at whatever notifications have come through in the night. Right. And and sometimes that can you know lead to email and stuff like that. But for the most part, I try not to spend too much time on it. get my coffee i sit down the house is quiet people aren't awake i typically get up early Mm -hmm. and do it Mm -hmm. i know that that's also a struggle for people are like time is an issue right like having where do i find the time and i'm tired i don't want to if you're not an early riser right which i wasn't um initially i wasn't somebody who liked to get up early but now it's like it's I love that part of my day. Mm. I'm not getting dressed or taking a shower or anything. I'm just wrapping up in my robe and I'm grabbing my coffee, you know, which I set the night before. And I'm just, I sit down with my journal, Mm -hmm. um, with a book that I'm reading or with the word, and then just kind of start the process that way. Do Mm. you do your journaling in the morning also? For the most part. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. And, um, you know, some people say, well, you know, he's a pastor, so, you know, he has time to, mm-hmm. which I would agree with, but I've been doing this for 30 plus years and I've worked full-time jobs with the state government. And so what I would normally do, I'd have to, is what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to be at work at six. Yeah. I was reading in my journal this morning and I was writing in the journal about, you know, I, I have to get up at 4.30 so that I can spend my time with the Lord so I can journal Mm -hmm. and be at work at six. And I got to tell you, Angie, I I was like, who is this guy? (laughs) This is crazy. I was like 30, 33 or something. And I thought, man, that is, uh, that is crazy. I really respect and admire this guy. Where did he go? But, uh, so it does take discipline, but not everybody is a morning person. Right. That is correct. Right. And so it doesn't have to be when I, when I worked at the, uh, state, you know, you have two 15-minute breaks. I had mm-hmm. a half-hour lunch. Uh, I would go out to my car with my little sack lunch, and I would spend time out there. Yeah. If, you know, sometimes it, would, it wouldn't always be journaling. Yeah. But sometimes it would be mm-hmm. journaling. So, you know, I think it gets back a little bit to that, you know, old adage that you make time for things that are priorities. Yeah. And so if that's something... Here's the other thing about it. Uh, you actually start to look forward to it you do right you really do yeah so i mean even uh, like one of the things i wrote down is is you have to be persistent 
right? Like, don't give it a week and go, well, I guess I'm just, I'm just not a journaler. Mm -hmm. You know, try to try to do it for at least a month and see how you're feeling. Because uh, I look forward to being, I mean, if I could just like spend an hour or two sitting and processing and thinking and writing stuff down, I would love to do that. Again, that's not, maybe everybody's wired that way, obviously, but there is something about it that the more you do it, the more comfortable it becomes, the more, uh, I think for me, the more I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so I look forward to it, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And, um, you know, like one of my, my middle child, uh, who is 23, uh, she's a big journaler too, and she is very artistic. So, uh, when she was growing up, she would come and show me all the pictures she's doing and all these really things. So for her, it really, again, was a, a way that just, she blossomed right getting to do that so but i know people that um are more night owls Mm -hmm. and actually by by um my default is a night person but i'm just i don't want to think that hard at night you know the morning you're fresh you're ready to go so that's kind of um you know each person's taste i will say this about the uh the attention span Mm -hmm. i came prepared angie i got a stat for you did you know that 8.25 seconds is the average human attention span. Now, it ranges from two, uh, two seconds to 20 minutes, but the average human attention span is 8.25 seconds, which, this is unbelievable, is less than a goldfish, which oh is God. nine seconds. <gasps> Oh my yeah, gosh. So, so the yeah, so, okay, so we have less the average. Yes. Yeah. And again, we've been so indoctrinated with our our culture yeah. that it's so easy to just so if, if we're struggling a little bit with this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it makes sense. You're in good company. You're in good company. <laughs> Because we all struggle with this kind of stuff. Your goldfish is looking over at you like, what's your problem, man? goldfish can, can, yeah, that amazed me. 8.25? 8.25 seconds. That's crazy. Right? But I have a a 17-year-old son, so it makes sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just told you this three minutes ago, <laughs> right? It's like, oh my word, yes. yes. So, yeah. Anyhow, For that's sure. that's a, that can be you know uh, one thing that we might struggle with as well. So there are definitely um, challenges that you kind of have to overcome to be able to get into this practice, yeah. but I think lines up really beautifully with self compassion. Yes, it is a way that we pour back into ourselves, Mm -hmm. that we honor ourselves. And so let me ask you then one final question, which is, what is the one big takeaway you think that our listeners should get from this episode? So I would say the uh, takeaway would be just to be patient. Mm -hmm. You know, don't don't set here. Here's the way I am with things, though. When I decide, like, oh, I'm going to do that, let, let, let's go to exercise. Yeah. Something that I'm, um, I listen to your you podcast. I listen to your podcast on that because it was, it is one of my weaknesses. And yes. So when I say, like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start exercising, I'm like all in. Yeah. And then, of course, or eating better. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I fail yeah. the first time or two, then I say, well, 
obviously I'm never going to be able to do this. <laughs> right. right. I mean, this is outside it's, my I mean skill it, set. it is. I mean, and so that probably betrays a little bit of maybe I kind of wanted to fail. I don't know. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have to journal about that to figure out what, what my true motives are. Right. But uh, so if you're like that with journaling, you know, just give yourself some grace and be patient and, and just let it kind of, again, it's an organic thing. You don't want to you know, make it feel like you have to do this. And for me, you know, that, that persistence of just, and then another, another encouraging thing, like I said, is once you start, I will usually look back before I journal to my previous entry. Mm, Sometimes that's the yesterday. So it's not that, but sometimes it's a week. Sometimes it could be two weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's also helpful for me to just look back and say, oh yeah, because, because I shared that my brain has been processing that. And so as I read, read what I was struggling with or what I was happy about or whatever, the next time it's like, oh, I have some, maybe some insights on that that I didn't really think about till now. You yeah. know, it's kind of like the idea of we go to sleep and our subconscious is still thinking through stuff. And then you'll like wake up in the morning and go, oh, I, I have an idea. Yeah. You know, I think the journal can also be a place where it allows for your subconscious to be kind of chewing on stuff. Yeah. And then you look, look back and you're like, oh, okay, I get that. You know, I see in looking back uh, over the last month or two, I'm also able to look back and see a pattern that I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like looking back on your trail and going, oh, now I see how that all was yeah. working to bring me to this place right. because I have a journal that kind of illustrates. That's good. Yeah, so it, it can be a really profound way of seeing what's going on in your life. Yeah, that's good. I like that. It's usually part of my um, monthly practice. So whenever I'm starting a new month, yeah, I'll look back at the previous month and kind of just scan through some of the stuff and like, what yeah. are the things that I worked through and what did I figure out? And yeah. a lot of times I'll include something that I read Mm-hmm. that really stood out to me, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll write that down or a quote, I'll write a quote down and what I thought about it. And then when I go back through, it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like I had forgotten about that. You know, maybe it's a Bible verse that mm-hmm. like really hit me in just like the way that I needed it at that moment. And yeah. so it is cool to, to go back and, and have that. And I will say also that on our website in the resources page, there is an article, a small article on with a link on five minute journal prompts. So if you are new to journaling and you're looking for a way to just get started, sometimes answering a question Mm -hmm. is an easy way to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to think of what you want to say. So there are five minute journal prompts that are on there as well to help get you started. Well, thank you for coming today on the show to talk about journaling to talk about prayer to talk about those things that are so important and so valuable to us giving back to ourselves Mm -hmm. and practicing Mm self-compassion i'm grateful for you well i didn't get a chance uh, at the beginning but i i also want to let you know uh, that you are one of my heroes oh and um it has been my privilege thank you to have the opportunity to be here with you today but not just today, but just, you know, over the course of the last several years has got to just see all the awesome things um, that you're, and I know it's not about you. Yeah. And that's your heart and it's, um, it's awesome. So it's a privilege to get to be here with you and I'm really excited for 
you know, the future and all that you will continue to do to just serve and love uh, the people that um, God has put into your heart and your life. So yeah. that's so awesome, Angie. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you. Okay, friends. Well, that wraps it up for this week. I really hope that you found this information helpful and that it served you in some way today. In complete transparency, I want you to know that I am not in any way, shape, or form an expert in the field of parenting. No, you're not going to find any fancy initials after this name. In fact, you know, I'm just a mom like you who had to navigate some really tough experiences with my teenage kids. And in my own desperate need for hope and healing in my family and in my life, I've spent a lot of time and energy researching and referencing all the things because if there is one thing I have learned, it's that we're stronger together. Your ratings and reviews mean so much. In fact, they can make or break a podcast. So if you found this information helpful today, would you take 60 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review? It would mean so much to the mama who hasn't found us yet and to me. Oh, and don't forget to check out Pathways to Hope Network's website, and be sure to subscribe. Each week, we send out one to two messages that are designed to encourage and equip you as you find your path towards hope and healing. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Pathways to Hope Network is a nonprofit organization with a mission to serve families with children in the juvenile court system, and we do that by providing cost-free support, resources, and community. The link will always be in the show notes below. Remember, you were never meant to go through this alone. <laughs>